Ready, set, go! Welcome back to the EV Diaries and welcome back to Taxation Without Representation, Part 2. If you recall in the last episode, we were talking about how improved efficiency standards and an unchanging gasoline tax since 1993 have led to a shortfall for the National Highway Traffic Safety Department and their budget. I left off with a question, how should we tax EVs? The House Ways and Means Committee attempted to bridge this $100 billion shortfall by proposing a $1 a gallon gas tax. Harkening back to the last episode, the House and Ways and Means Committee has got this infrastructure proposal together that's $760 billion, but there's a $100 billion shortfall. So they proposed this dollar per gallon tax increase. And many representatives felt like an increase would place an unfair burden on low-income families. In my opinion, the burden would fall on the middle class, especially the residents in small-town America. We're the ones using all the gas. We may not be population-dense, so we're driving further. And I did the calculations. It would cost me an additional $800 a year. I do believe that the gas tax is too low. It's 18.4 cents, and it has been for the past 27 years. So as bad as I am against taxes, an increase is not out of the realm of possibility, but a dollar a gallon, you know, this is when you should have made little incremental jumps over the past 27 years. Duh. But in the debates, many, many representatives are critical of EV drivers. They're trying to make it a class issue. They want to end tax credits because they are subsidizing the wealthy. There's been words bandied about that EV owners are wealthy so they can afford to pay the tax. We'll get into that in a minute. There's even a quote in this article that I came across that was on eenews.net, and if I can remember, I will link to that. A representative from Texas, Representative Brady, says, quote, A factory worker driving a used pickup truck providing for his family shouldn't have to pay more taxes so the millionaire in California can write off his new Tesla. Close quote. Yeah, let me tell you what. This is aggravating on so many levels. First of all, he's probably a millionaire just for the simple fact that he's in Congress. Well, in the House of Representatives. I don't know any politicians in Washington, and a lot of times, with no explanation, are just millionaires. I mean, come on, and he has the nerve to criticize somebody that chooses to buy a Tesla. He chooses to criticize the whole state of California and all their Tesla owners. I mean, that that just, it pisses me off. I'll just put it that way. It pisses me off. Because, and this is the big thing, there's been two sides to every topic in Washington for a long time. And this side that is now trying to use this class tactic has been criticizing the other side 
for making things about class and race in every argument that they've had leading up to this. They're doing the exact same thing because it suits their case. That's called hypocrisy. And to be honest, all, and I mean both sides, all they're doing is sowing discord. Gas tax just happens to be the topic of the day. But this proposal will definitely cause a mass migration to EVs if they pass a dollar a gallon gas. Because we're, we're right now, what, average is about 250 a gallon. That puts it up to three. You'll have a lot of people start looking at EVs seriously at $3.50 a gallon. And that's just going to create more shortfalls in the long run. One of the counter-proposals in this debate was reinstating the Obama-era Build America bonds, which, if you remember back in the day, that was creating controversy too. Here in Kentucky, the House of Representatives proposed raising the gas tax 10 cents a gallon, which would make it 36 cents a gallon. And for me, that's an increase of $78 more a year probably what the federal government should have been doing over the last 30 years, but again, we'll stop beating that horse. They also proposed an EV user fee of $175. That's still cheaper than the $200 plus that I'm going to pay a year in gas tax. So when people say that EV taxes are unfair to EV owners... Not exactly sure what planet they're on, but anyway, getting back to it, Kentucky also proposed doubling the license plate fee. Well, almost doubling. Uh, and the proposal would have generated $5 million annually to a state that, to be honest with you, is flat broke. Of course, it died on the floor without a vote. So this leads to the question, what is the best way to tax EVs? Now, some people say flat EV rate, just flat tax EV rate. And 24 states have done this. Like I said in the earlier episode, that the average is $28 a year. And again, some people report that that's double what internal combustion engine owners pay. And like I said in Kentucky, that doesn't even seem close. If it is true, however, it promotes ice ownership over EV ownership by stripping away the cost. That just reduced EV ownership to an environmental issue. Now, some people will tell you it's a moral issue, but there's not enough hearts and minds of people that think the same way for EVs just to stand as an environmental issue. But with no incentives to change, then EVs do become the plaything of the fluid exactly the way people are trying to paint them. Getting back to these politicians that think that way, I wonder just how much money oil companies donate to their campaigns every year. I'm not political, I'm just cynical. Another way that has been proposed as a way to tax EVs is tax per mile. Now let me tell you what, being from small town America, that puts more of a burden on me. I've already driven over 600 miles in the past five days. In the past five days. Cities require more infrastructure, but rural is hard to maintain. 
incomes are typically lower in the country if you want to play that game. But so is the cost of living, so it's, it balances out. Again, coming from a cooperative perspective and, as I've said before, the opinions that I'm about to express are mine and they do not reflect the opinions of any organization that I may be part of. Strictly my opinion. But from a co-op perspective, it's the same complaint that we see about rates. To build and maintain a mile of line costs what it costs regardless of who builds it. The investor-owned utilities in Kentucky have about 40 customers per mile to cover these costs and to make a profit. Co-ops, however, average about nine members per mile to cover the same cost with zero profit. Now, we are fortunate because our co-op provides a cheaper kilowatt-hour charge, cheaper energy charge, than our competitors. So living in the country has some disadvantages, but then again, it has its advantages. It's just a matter of perspective. But tax per mile, again, that's imposing more of a tax on small town America, more of a tax on people living in quote unquote flyover states than it would be for the population's dancer. Then there are the ponderables that just sort of bounce around my mind. What about local taxes that are collected as part of the electric bill? We collect city and school tax as part of the electric bill. So already EV owners are paying more of these taxes than ICE owners. I bet nobody has considered that. And what about plug-in electric hybrids? They're being taxed on electricity and on gasoline. So isn't that double taxation? Just saying. And then if you add a flat tax onto all of this, what does that do to it? I don't have a good answer to the problem. I just have observations, and a lot of them are just on the tax system in general. Taxes are way too hidden. Most people don't even realize what they're paying. I mean, how many times have you calculated how much taxes you're paying when you buy gasoline. Some people don't even realize they're being taxed, like the ones that we collect on the electric bill for the city and the county, or for the city and the schools. Nobody knows exactly where the money goes. They talk about transparency, but do we really have it? I'll tell you where it goes. It goes to pay all those uh, salaries in Washington for the people that just want to argue about everything, so discord, and then blame the other side when nothing gets done. I think taxes should be fair, but they're not. It may be an unpopular thought, but our tax bracket system in America is crazy. The whole tax system wants to tax successful people more because they took initiative. And then that makes me question, why would anybody want to take initiative? Of course, the answer to that question is because of the human spirit. The human has a desire to achieve, and that's what creates the initiative. But the tax ideology in this country sort of quenches a lot of fires. And this whole idea of, quote-unquote, they can afford it, that's BS. A big problem is the simple fact that there are so many laws and loopholes that nobody, and I say nobody, not even the lawmakers, understand to the point that your bottom half 
is not being taxed, your top 1% has so many opportunities to dodge taxes because of the loopholes, and then you have the people that are in the middle, the mid-class, middle America people that are making concessions for both sides. I believe that a person should work hard, be persistent, be generous with your life, and that's how you become successful. And that has really little to do with money. But money is society's ruler. If you want more out of life, give more to life. More time, more effort, more money to reap the rewards. And don't wait for someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind to level the playing field for you. Play on the tilted field. It's amazing what happens when you stop focusing on the field and focus on your game. Now, I realize I'm stepping on some toes, but it's the truth. Don't let the system dictate your life. Now, me personally, I am of the mind of a flat tax. I think a certain percentage of your income, period. Stop nickel and diming me with hidden taxes. Get rid of this bracket loophole nonsense and make our representatives operate within that amount of money. If they can't do it, it's time for someone else to try. Thanks for listening. Next time, I hope I'm not so political. Um, click subscribe. You can find me on social at EV Diaries, but be warned, I'm not super active. I need to work on that. The EV revolution is here, so hang on. It should be a fun ride. <laughs>